0: Thank you once again for tuning in to the Sinclair's Thoughts podcast. I'm your host, Lance Sinclair, and this is episode seven, growth mindset versus fixed mindset. Today is different than every other day. This episode is an interview, and today I'm interviewing a really great friend of mine, someone I really look up to, who will share with us really, really great, really philosophies, and principles that have helped him be the best version of himself possible. We'll cover many things over the course of the next two hours, but mainly we're going to answer the question, how can we take advantage of these unforeseen circumstances during COVID-19 and utilize the growth mindset methodology to come out of this stronger than we came into it? right what are the philosophies what are the principles that should guide our every action and thought during these times remember your life isn't written or destined anywhere you are the author so my question to you is what story will you write for yourself tuning into this episode and not listening the whole way through is missing out on a ton of value and practical advice that has the potential to change your life if put into practice. Take a second now to imagine how having limitless confidence could change your life. Can you imagine how happy and fulfilled you would feel being a thousand percent comfortable and confident in your own skin? Imagine the freedom and power that would give you. All the people that would be drawn to your magnetic aura. Imagine having the courage to go all in in this life and to live it fully. Now that is what I call an unfair advantage. I want each and every single one of you to know this feeling. So I encourage you to not click off and to stay with us the whole way through to the end of this conversation. If you stick along to the very end, I'll show you how to redeem a gift that will get you one step closer to being that most confident and powerful version of you. Without further ado, Let's get started. I'd like to introduce you guys to someone I really, really admire a lot. Uh, To me, this guest today is the embodiment of hard work And discipline I've known him since we were in high school together and we're going to touch on many different subjects and I think his mindset and his approach to life and business and relationships in general uh, can add a lot of value uh, for for everyone that is willing to to hear him out especially in this time with COVID 19 I think there's a lot that we can take away from him and apply so without further ado Josh thank you for uh, being a part of this, thank you for letting me have you on the podcast. Uh, tell us a little bit about yourself.
1: Thank you, uh, Lance. I really appreciate being here today. I I love the idea behind the podcast, so I appreciate it. Um, a bit about myself I recently graduated with my master's in banking and finance from the University of King's College London over in the UK. I currently work as a consultant. <laughs> uh, before that's just a generic stuff. I mean, a little more. A little more fun part about me is I always wanted to be a magician as well. Kind of like learn from Lance Miller there, uh, and, and and kind of learn what he knows about mentalism and, and as well hypnosis. But uh, he, he he went oh, he went far with it. I I, I happen to just fix the numbers, just fix, fix, fix the 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 school again or from there. But uh, um, just a little bit on myself, I love. Star Wars and Game of Thrones. That's about it for me, to be honest.
0: <laughs> so you're you're not gonna like you're you're not gonna like it when I tell you I've not watched it at all. Game of Thrones at all? Yes, I have not watched it.
1: <laughs> but you have to have watched the Star Wars, uh, the, like the literally. Like, like this is like the
0: no, not yet.
1: <laughs> okay, okay. We have to make it a little more culture, Lance. It's okay. We'll do it. we'll one. What's up at the time? What's up at the time? <laughs> but uh, I do want to say thank you again for having me on the show. I think it's a brilliant idea and a brilliant podcast as well. So, just want to
0: make sure thank you, you. That's there. Thank you so much. Now, thank you for for coming on. Um, like I said, I think there's a lot that you know. I've seen you since you know high school. You've been so disciplined and so uh, in control of your mindset and your your willpower your emotions and and it shows you know it's not something that you talk about but people see through examples and and these kinds of things they show up in our achievements right as i'm sure you know so i think there's a lot that my listeners can take away from what i see in you and what you bring to the people around you I'm gonna start you off with a quick question. We know more or less what you're doing right now. Where do you see yourself in a a couple of years? What what does your future look like?
1: That's a good question. I think um, for me, I already thought about this very much well, very much so. Uh, Five years plan, I wanna be able to have multiple businesses and multiple uh, ways of creating um, income in terms of not just having to lean on my career as a professional. I wanna make sure that I'm an entrepreneur. My parents were entrepreneurs. Uh, my father inspired that as, as well as my mother. So that kind of gave me that same notion. I want to make sure I also have another property. I bought my first property at the age of 23, excuse me, 22, uh, 23 now. So uh, 22 our first property, I think in five years, I'm my second property now. And um, hopefully that's more sooner than later. I'm sure it works depending on how this economy goes. Um, apart from that, personally, I want to make sure that I have grown. So anywhere that, If I'm the same person I am today, that's not good for me. I think I need to be able to make sure that I have uh, hard skills that I I didn't have before as well as soft skills I didn't have before. Um, And happy, right? I think everyone wants to be happy, but um, happy has to be a goal. It has to be something you pursue on a consistent basis and I think that has to be something that's in your plan versus it being uh, kind of there but not really there, the invisible factor right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm doing all these things to be this and be encouraging and be happy. You no, know, you have to have that. Happiness has to come within you, but you have to always stick to the verb. Uh, yes. sort of like love, right? Love is a verb. So you gotta always pursue it, always have that
0: yes.
1: um, in, in those plans. So that's why I kind of changed in five years, ten years from now, I'll be 33 years old. Um, obviously, I'm a big family man, so hopefully by then i have my family all stable, all good to go. Um, obviously married, et cetera. Um, but even more than that, I, I want to be able to be, excuse me, in a position where I can help people get fast, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. I want to make sure that what I know and what I've grown to learn and love, uh, is also being, uh, told to people and they understand it <laughs> <laughs> because what I learned and what I, what I've been able to, to kind of take from the world as I developed and as I grown, I had to basically find the secrets to, to this information be told to our people, our gener- uh, especially where, where we come from in and, and, and our high school and, and even part of this, not neighborhoods, uh, and, and finding a way to, to kind of uh, teach people what I know in, in both business investments, personally, personal growth, discipline, character, and stuff like this. For so that's a 10-year goal plan, yeah. I
0: love that. I love that. I, I love that you, you have this need for contribution. Um, I think there are six human needs, um, that we all share at different magnitudes, but contribution is the most noble of them all. You know, I love that you, you want to take everything that you've, you've learned through trial and error and through other people that you look up to, I'm sure, you know, you've learned a lot and absorbed a lot from them and you want to bring it back out there so that other people can also benefit from that and, and apply those things into their life. And I think that's, that's wonderful. So coming back to the present Right. Let's let's talk about the elephant in the room. Right. <laughs> COVID nineteen. So, I think it's it's a good idea to kind of run through with you. Uh, what are your views on it, and how we can benefit during these times? How we can manage ourselves during the current situation, both in our personal lives and also business. So, what's your take on that?
1: So, I think first, I think people have to understand that COVID nineteen is very real. Right. You should be socially distancing. You should be practicing everything the CDC has on your website, right? Wash your hands, stay six feet away from individuals, make sure that you're not, if you have a cough or a sneeze or, and you've been out recently, just make sure that you quarantine yourself for the 14 days. So that's the first thing you got to kind of make sure you follow those protocols. Um, we don't want to have a situation where, as we are currently in, where we have experience with COVID-19 spreading very quickly across certain states.
0: Yep. and then very slowly
1: picking up across others. I think um, more states are being more cautious than others, and that's an indication of the numbers. In terms of how do you should manage yourself, I think uh, people don't talk about uh, mental health enough in terms of these quarantine moments. They talk about physical health, right? Don't don't six feet away, don't sneeze, don't coughing, etc. It's important mm-hmm. to take care of yourself mentally, right? Go outside for that one hour, do some exercise in your immediate area. Don't go too far, right? Um, make sure that that you're you're either meditating or you're doing yoga or you're reading your books and getting distracted right because quarantine and especially if you're with your family you're dealing with so many different people so many different attitudes and characteristics that it gets overwhelming so that's best, best practice is to kind of make sure that you're okay right find a form of isolation where you can just breathe and i have to have people on you ask yes. talk to you or have some sort of communication stuff important um i think this is, depending on where you are if you're working um during the, Monday through Friday, as I am, I tend to make sure that you find caught up hours, right? Make sure that you don't you know, work until 12 because it's a little bit easier for us to kind of work through those hours if I'm noticing. Um, so make sure you have a caught up time between work, you can work Monday through Friday. If you're not working Monday through Friday, I really suggest people start either pursuing that dream they had, that goal they had in terms of <laughs> uh, if you wanted to be a rapper or if you wanted to be an artist, a painter or whatever it was, I think this is the perfect time. If you're writing a book, this is the perfect time because sometimes life starts to calm down and that can be a huge blessing in terms of your goals that you, were, you had in the back burner because you didn't have time for And And if you don't have any goals or you don't have any big dreams, of, as they say per se, ask to just refine one, but I also believe in personal development. So it's an excellent time for you to take a moment and say, what are you missing in yourself? Like, what characteristics were you trying to build prior, for example, that you don't have? And start practicing those every single day um or what kind of hard skills you wish you had but you don't have currently you know so i think those are you can do, read a book take a course online whatever you need in order to build those skills that you that you require and then finally i think you it's hard but i think you should find ways to enjoy quarantine All right, enjoy it. you have you have your you have
0: absolutely if you
1: if, if you if you were your family or not i think i think it's it's fun to make sure that, you, that you're that you're enjoying it that you find ways to enjoy it don't do don't drink too much right don't 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 do drugs like this type would stuff, right but find ways to to make sure that you and your families are having a good time and and that you can relax and not let this COVID 19 over stress you over worry you to the point where you longer are yourself right and that you are this person who's costly out on
0: the a few points there yeah man and and, and you you said a lot that I think it's so, so, so important, starting with the significance of taking care of our mental health, you know, making sure that we're okay. You remind me of uh, a great example. You know, if anyone's flown to a different country, you you studied abroad, you know, so you know this yeah. very well that when you're on an airplane, the first thing you hear before takeoff is the warning, right? In case of emergency, uh, oxygen uh, decompression, the mask will fall from above your seat and they say very clearly on every airplane put on your mask first then put the mask on the person next to you if you're with um a child right but you have to put on your mask first and you might hear that at first and wonder why right but the the reason is if you don't help yourself first then how could you help other people right? if you're not doing okay then how can you make sure your family or your friends are doing okay so mental health is so so important and 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 another really good thing that you said is the importance of reflecting, reflecting on ourselves, you know, what have I been putting off? You know, what have I been neglecting? What is that dream? What is that goal that I have always talked about, always dreamed about, but have not acted on, right? And the beautiful thing about it is that we all have so much time now that we didn't have before, maybe. And time is the only currency, isn't it? <laughs> it's the only currency right? People pay you for an hour's work, but it's not because of what you did. It's because of your time, right? And, and so we have to be conscious of that and, and how we use our time, how we invest our time and, and reflect on, am I spending the whole day watching Netflix? Or am I spending the day uh, during this uh, time of isolation working on myself, uh, on my mental health, on my physical health, on my relationships, right? With family and friends. I think that's a really, really huge point you made there about reflecting on what is it that we can do better, right? And take this as a chance to grow, right? It's really interesting because a lot of people look at this whole thing as like, you know, a doom and gloom. and say, oh my God, what am I going to do now, right? But the reality is that everything is 10% what it is and 90% how we respond to it, how we interpret it. And we're always filtering our reality through our pre-existing beliefs, right? And our perception of the world, our lens of the world. So what you're hinting at here is something really wonderful and that is for people to ask themselves, what is great about this? How can I use this as an opportunity, right? As a blessing. And, and that should be the place from which we take action. Right, Um, and that's that's a beautiful thing, and of course, to enjoy it, right, to make the best of it, to do the things that make us happy that maybe we haven't done in a while. You know, if that means singing with your family now that everyone's gathered together, then do that. Right. So, I really love those points, and I think those are some really, really great points. So, on that same note, what are you doing to keep yourself sane? (laughs) (laughs) I I do a
1: couple of things. So, uh, for me. I like to, I'm a, I'm a different type of breed. I, I, I work out, yes, I and mean, it helps me, and, and it helps me kind of relax. But what helps me really relax is I do a lot of research. So I do research on whether that's the, how to, what's the best investment today and tomorrow and for the next couple of years, or that's how to bake a cake that's layered, right? I, I really enjoy learning. I really enjoy the process of being able to to know more than what I know today. And, and that, for me, it fills me. Right, and I'm gonna obviously I understand that's definitely stressful for some people, but for me, I enjoy it. So mm-hmm. when I'm stressed out and when I'm like at work and I'm from like eight to like six o'clock, and like I'm super stressed. I take a moment, to a breather. I speak to my family, see how they're doing, sure they and just I check in, right? Uh, but I'm usually either on my phone. I'm researching like, oh, this is interesting. What did President Trump say today? Or or, or where we are as far as New Yorkers in terms of the virus and stuff like this? Or what can I do to to either Help my family, keep them safe, keep myself safe, and stuff like this. So, I do a lot of research that I enjoy. It doesn't have to be strictly business or uh, for, like I said, it goes from me, it goes from investments ideas to how to make a cake layered for the party, <laughs> party that we had yesterday. So, yeah, um, that's what I kind of do. But I know that people, I recommend anyone, in regards to who you are, is exercise for an hour. I can't tell you what exercise does for for your mind. It, it just opens it up, it clears it out. Whatever yeah. cloudy thing you had in your head for that week, we do mm-hmm. one hour exercise, in it, and it really helps you just decompose and let go and move on. And it even opens your mind to be able to to have more open ideas.
0: Absolutely, that's a huge, huge point. And for those that have listened to the episode I made on my morning ritual, it's called the Miracle Morning that's part of it, huge, huge part of it. And the the reason why that's so effective, it's because motion creates emotion. There's a direct link between our physiology and our mental state. By doing that, you're letting go. You're letting go. And and actually, it's been proven that if you move your body, if you're anxious and you move your body, when you cool off and your heart goes back to normal, that anxiety is gone. So that's another really cool thing too. If, If you're feeling stuck right now emotionally if you're feeling anxious and and like you're you have this knot in your chest a weight on your shoulders whatever that feeling is that turning in your stomach do what josh has said you know move your body and you will see a significant change in your emotional uh, state. You know, there's a reason why people say, oh, I'm angry, I gotta go take a walk and, you know, blow off some steam. Because <laughs> it works. It, it works, you know, it's no secret. So that's a really, really good good thing. Um, good suggestion. I want to add one more point to that. I want to mm-hmm. add one more point to that. I think when you do go work out, if, if I know what that does,
1: I used to go out, ran, go out and work out randomly. And what I mean randomly is, there wouldn't be a thought in my head I just got there my thought is to get these mm. four four training exercises out of the way and mm-hmm. make sure I feel good afterwards move, move on. but when I started to go to the gym with an idea uh, whether the best idea was to create a podcast mm-hmm. or whether the idea was to how how can I get to my next uh goal in life and I'm exercising and I'm thinking about that idea, I felt like I had a better interpretation of what my next steps were. And yes. it opened my, my, my eyes in terms of what can I do now and what's in my control that I can get to that next step. So I think if you're going to go work out, make sure you have that goal, that idea in mind, that problem in mind, right? Fight it out. Uh, if it's a problem, fight it out, run it out, uh, 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 exercise it out. And if it's a goal, make sure that, that you're turning your wheels inside your head and you are turning your wheels into the gym. absolutely
0: oh yeah that's i love that because you're 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 working internally and externally at that point right and and if we look at it from my background it's your conscious mind is being distracted by what you're you're doing here and your subconscious mind in the back end these ideas have the freedom to flow right if you open the door you let them come through you'll see things i'm sure that's what you're making reference to right like you've had these brilliant thoughts come in when you open your mind to receive them, right? You saw things come up and you're like, Oh, wait a minute. You know, that's a really good thing I can do tomorrow. Or, <laughs> you know, now I know this is a really good way to approach this, this project, you know, and that's because yes, you exactly. opened yourself up to that. Another really good thing is you can listen to an audio book while you're doing that as well. Yeah. You know, there's Audible, of course. We all know about Audible. There's also this really great app I've been using. It's called Twelve Min, the number twelve, and then M I N. It's fantastic. What it does is it gives you uh, a summary of the greatest. Their collection is huge, but they give you a summary of the greatest nonfiction books in an average of twelve minutes, anywhere between twelve and twenty minutes. Very clear and concise summaries. Highly recommended. If you if you've never heard of them, do check them out. Uh, that's something that you know we can also do and and listen to while uh while we 're doing that right and and that way feed uh ourselves entirely right physically and mentally <laughs> so yeah. that's yeah. awesome. you mentioned checking in on your family. I love that you brought that up so my question to you is how can how can we help each other how can we help each other be our best and and show up uh the best we can during these times
1: so I, I was just having that conversation uh, um, earlier this, this week, actually, and the first thing I think people have to understand is their role within their family dynamics, or within their group dynamics, or team dynamics. My role is very heavy, so I, I have to balance things between uh, my mother and my sister, my siblings and everyone, and with that comes understanding. So how can you help that how can you help people is first, you need to understand that there is going to be chaos. There is going to be someone (laughs) who's going to blow up one of these days and say, I'm tired of being quarantined. Let me out and expect that, right? So you need to have those expectations already there. And if you understand each person's characteristics, that means you also understand what their needs are, right? Mm -hmm. Because therefore, if you understand that your mother, for example, is a person who needs to have a clean area to have a clean mind and the same body, then make sure that you're not making a mess. Right, as simple as that is. Right, um, a good example is if you know that your brother wakes up at seven a.m. screaming because he doesn't have his toy, make sure that you're there at six fifty-five with that toy before he wakes up, so that he so that he's still comfortable. With. And I think it's just being proactive. You understand your family more than I would or anyone would, and therefore you need to be practical to what their needs are. Um, I also recommend talking. To your family and know so a lot of us think that's very um uh, very clear and, and, and i guess that's what everyone's supposed to be doing but i know for a fact their families stay on a table on their phones or on their ipads or on netflix for like hours by having a conversation i think what i like to do is i take a moment during dinner time when even after dinner time where i speak to my parents i speak to my sibling, or that i have four or five four six and eight and so mm-hmm. it, i love having a conversation with them because it, it allows me to understand where their minds are Right. Mm-hmm. So, okay, so my sister and my brother are feeling kind of down, and it's for this reason. So tomorrow I have to be able to help them with this and that. Um, another thing is too, people don't keep track of their administrative uh, problems as well, which means like the social securities or their, their retirements, their finances, et cetera. And I think this is a good time to get ahead of that, right? So if you have certain financial goals that, you were, that your family is currently wanting to pursue but they haven't achieved, then take a moment, have a, have a round table with your family and see what you guys can do to accomplish those goals. And I think that's part of taking care of your family so you with them. And is, are is they accomplishing their goals as a, as a team? And if they're not, then you as a leader or you as a person who understands what their goal is and, and understand how to get there, i talk to them and helps them get to where they need to be. So that's a combination of, one, uh, checking in personally, individually with each person, talking to them. And then a combination of, understanding the their goals and making sure that if they aren't achieving them as a team, how can you help move that forward and push that forward? Take onus in your responsibilities, of, in your family's well-being, and I promise you, you will grow as well, and you will continue to be better than who you are tomorrow.
0: What a beautiful answer. That was so great, man. <laughs> no, Seriously, I, I love that. I love I love that you mentioned being there for them and, and listening, understanding what are their needs, Uh and, and collaborating together to bring those to fruition, right? The goals that they have, you know, the needs that are not being met and, and asking yourself, what can I do to help them feel better, right? And as you said that, I was reminded of a book that I'm reading. It's called Relationship Breakthrough by Chloe uh, Medanis. I think it's pronounced. For those that are listening and interested, just Google Relationship Breakthrough book and in this book the the core concept is uh, human needs psychology basically like i mentioned earlier there are six human needs that we all share at different intensities the need for certainty the need for uncertainty the need for significance the need for love and connection the need for collaboration and the need for contribution those are the six human needs that we all we all share but there is always one or or two needs that we crave to fulfill more than the rest, right? And I love that you touched on this collaboration, right? And and finding out what are the needs of the people in your family that are not being met. Because the the essence of this book, the message of this book really is the reason why people are unhappy in relationships, the reason why people are unhappy in general, you know, and this is, romantic relationships, friendships, family relationships, business relationships, um, boss and employee, it's because their needs are not being met. And in order for us to flourish together, we need to be aware, like you said, of what are those needs. And we need to, once we raise awareness, we need to ask ourselves, how can I help them satisfy those needs? How can we work together so that we're all okay, <laughs> right? Especially now, right? Because there's a lot of uncertainty. Right now, the need that we all have the most is the need for certainty because we don't know what's going to happen. We don't know how things are going to play out. Uh, there's this need for, for that security, right? Uh, for that safety. So where else can we find that certainty for the people around us? Where else can we... Satisfy that need. I think that's a wonderful question to ask ourselves, and then to act upon. Uh, have you ever heard of that book?
1: No, I haven't. But I did uh, actually read about the six needs that everyone requires in terms of that to have a fulfilled life or happy life. In terms of, in other words, I uh, see Tony Robbins spoke about a little bit, and, and yes. um, so so I'm very right familiar with it. So I think you may touch upon the certainty. Craving that everyone requires right now, I think that's very important. But I think um, if, if Tony was here, he, he could probably mention to anyone that's re- that's on this podcast is um, become comfortable with the uncertain, right? I think mm-hmm. I think uh, lo- and and kind of learn to love it, and and, and yes. that's a very complicated idea and hard to do. Um, but if you if, if you practice to learn to love uncertainty, then you thrive within it because life is is anything but uncertain.
0: that's right that's right that's all it is really (laughs) i mean we don't know what's going to happen five minutes from now right we don't even know what our (laughs) thought is going to be how can we know what's going to happen in a year or two right we can we can prepare right we can plan but the very nature of life is uncertain right exactly it's it's that big question mark right what's going to happen right what if (laughs) and and you know you bring up a really great point actually tony robbins is a big part of that book, Tony Robbins and the author of the book actually work together. And the ideas that Tony shares in his events and uh, his programs actually come from the same uh, same teachings in this book that go back to you know, Milton Erickson and uh, many great thinkers. But uh, but yeah, you know, it, it really is, like you just said, life's uncertain. And and in order for us to, to thrive and to be okay, we need to be comfortable with being uncomfortable. Right. Which, which in a way is also the definition of confidence, right? Being comfortable with discomfort. And we are all familiar with that old cliche, right? Nothing grows in the comfort zone. <laughs> Nothing goes yeah. in the comfort zone. Right. So so yeah, I think, I think again, where's the growth? Is in the discomfort zone. Right. This is a time of discomfort. It's a time of uncertainty. Therefore we should use it to grow, right? We should use it as an opportunity, as a blessing. It's a blessing in disguise. And if you have the right mindset, uh, everything is a blessing in disguise, right? Again, it's how we interpret it, how we, how we use that thing. Words, for example, the tongue is a double-edged sword. The saying goes, right? You can say words to hurt people, to, bring them down and and instill limiting beliefs in them. Like you're not good enough. You won't amount to anything. You were raised poor. Therefore you'll always be poor. (laughs) You're doomed to fail (laughs) or you can use words to uplift and inspire. Right. And so same goes with this. We can take the event and we can choose how we interpret it and how we, um, Behave and and how we interact with people during these times. So yeah, it's wonderful, wonderful thoughts and you know It brings us to the concept of being happy and and a fulfilling life What that means exactly and I, I talked about actually the first episode of the podcast was What is happiness and I talked a lot about what is happiness, you know from the the perspective of the stoics stoic philosophy? and also my perspective On it, and and, you know, there's there's a lot of confusion, a lot of confusion between the term happy and pleasure. You know, people confuse happiness with pleasure. They think happiness is this state of (laughs) bliss, of ecstasy, right? Like I'm going to be happy when I get that car. I'm going to be happy when I get that house. You know, and and this hedonist wheel right <laughs> the next best thing i need the next best thing and that's a an endless and eternal chase after the wind and you can never catch it it's like running after <laughs> the repo <rainbow. laughs> right so my, i want to ask you i want to ask you what is okay. what is happiness to you wow <laughs> uh,
1: i think that's first the people who say what you just said in terms of happiness being next best thing are the same people who say that love is kindness, and, mm-hmm. and and only kindness, right? Which which is which is not necessarily true. Um, and and I get I get more into that one to talk about what happiness is. Mm-hmm.
0: Um,
1: I think first of all, uh, and, and happiness can be a definition that can be defined very differently simply speaks, right? Um, but to me, happiness is one that are are you happy with yourself in terms of who you are, person, right? Are you happy with what you've done? In terms of are you are this in the happy? This to, who, are you comfortable? Is this what you wanted to be? Is this what you wanted to accomplish? Are you helping others? Are you making sure that you you aren't the only person that's succeeding and achieving and, and, and growing? Is there something that's going around? Um, and then it's even easier to say happy. What happiness isn't happiness isn't constant state <laughs> of of gratification. Mm-hmm. Happiness is in this state where. You're going to not have a problem, or not have a situation, or or an issue, yes. right? It's 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 being able to have that problem, have that situation, and still be okay, and still yes. be fulfilled yeah. and still be uh, uh, can still smile and laugh in front of it, yeah. right? That's what happiness is, and what people and that's what people fail to see, right? I see so many people tell me, um, or or I, I they do tell me, they're like, Josh, I'm unhappy, and I and I like, and I mean like, okay, why are you say you're unhappy? And I'm going to the well, because I don't have a car <laughs> or, 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 because, or because I didn't pass that, uh, that exam. And they say, well, that's besides the point, right? You, you're missing the whole point of life, Yep. right? That's not where you, your focus should be in, right? Your focus should be, you know, okay, well, I didn't get that, that degree that I wanted. How can I move past that? But let me enjoy this right now. Let me see how, I, how and how do you enjoy it? You learn from it, right? You learn from that. That's how you enjoy. You don't, because people forget that, that you filled the exam. You don't throw away the exam. <laughs> you have to understand where you failed and what you did wrong, right? In order for the next time, right, you can say, yes, I'm happy with my grade. I'm happy with what I did, right? Because you have to understand where you messed up. And which, which I want to now shift over to the point of love, right? Love isn't complete kindness isn't a blindfold over your eyes to say, yes, 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 whatever you want, sweetheart, right? Um, that's not healthy at all. Um, and that, when that, that creates a toxic relationship with anyone, whether it's your mother, your loved one, your, your, your significant other, it doesn't matter.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Absolutely. And, and, the reason, and the reason why I'm bringing up love and happiness is because, again, they, they, they play on each other. They're mm-hmm. not the same thing but they play on each other. Love is, is an understanding, right? Uh, and, and you have to also make sure that you're not requiring someone else to love you, right? You have to kind of love yourself, right? Same way as happiness. Don't require someone else to give you happiness. Make sure you're happy yourself, yes. right? Yes. <laughs> I know it's a very long-winded answer to your question, but I think it's very important for people to understand that, right? You need to understand that these things are a play with each other, not the same thing, but there's also you cannot force anyone to give you these items. These aren't physical, these aren't tangible, right? You earn it yourself and give it to yourself before you can move on and and ask someone, Hey, love me. Hey, be happy with me. Right. Um, and, and and that's, and that's where I am. (laughs) I know, Uh, I know it's a long-winded answer, but it's very important.
0: No, no, it it is. And it's a great answer. And, and I love that you brought that up because they do go hand in hand. They do go hand in hand. It's, it's an interesting thing, right? It's letting go of it so that it can come to you, <laughs> right? Letting go of it so that it can come to you. It reminds me of this analogy that we have in, in uh, you know, Latin culture. And, uh, you know, I, I've heard it in, in French as well. It, it has a, a different a Different phrase in English, but basically it's that concept of finding your other half. Right. In Spanish, we say mi media naranja, right? It's it's an idea in Spanish, if you don't know Spanish, the translation for that is finding my half orange. The the concept there is you are half an orange. And the person that you're uniting yourself with, that you're building a relationship with, they are that other half, that missing half. And together you create this whole fruit and that's a very dangerous mindset to have. And what we have to understand is sometimes that other half is a partner, but sometimes it's also our friends. Sometimes it's our family. Sometimes it's society. It's who we are looking to for validation and approval. Right. And when we outsource our happiness and we outsource our sense of self-worth and value, right, our self-image, that's a very dangerous thing. Because what happens then when that person leaves your side, what happens then when people disagree with you, what happens then when they reject your ideas or reject you, then your sense of self is now scarred. It's injured. And now we feel like that lone half of an orange. We feel incomplete. We feel empty, right? Because someone else is not filling this void when, in fact, no one can fill that void. And it's a very dangerous thought. You know, people say, I want to find someone that completes me. (laughs) You know, I want someone that makes me happy. Nobody is going to make you happy. Nobody's going to complete you. Also, nothing is going to make you happy. Nothing is going to complete you. That house won't complete you. That new car won't make you happy. That new cell phone won't make you happy because guess what? Once you get those things and the fever goes away, then you want the next best thing, right? Something better and bigger and brighter and shinier. And so What we have to understand is that, like you said, happiness comes from within. It's something we have to create and generate for ourselves within. And same goes for our self-love, right? Our validation and approval and self-image. We need to feel complete and whole on our own and share in our completeness and our happiness with the people around us. And I tell my clients all the time uh, that, The healthy way to look at things is you are the whole orange, right? And you have to be whole, you have to be complete, right? And that means, you know, being confident in your own skin, loving yourself as you are, you know, which means, you know, wanting the best for yourself mentally, physically, emotionally. Being complete on your own, you are that orange. And then that partner is, say, a pineapple or a passion fruit, right? You're not trying to make them like you, right? They are them and you are you. You're two different fruits. You're two different people, but you're both whole and complete and happy independently. But you share in that happiness. You share in that completeness together. And you make a delicious fruit salad, <laughs> <laughs> right? So so I, I think that's a really great great point to to bring up you know that that this is not something that we'll achieve when x happens you know um it's something that starts from from within i i love that you brought that up yeah Be- beautiful thought
1: <laughs> i i just want to say something about the completeness of people um when, when i was growing up and i'm sure you experienced the same way they always, keep, they always tell you uh you're finding yourself right and go find yourself you're still growing up you're finding yourself you're developing who you are etc etc i think i think what i learned um is if, if if you find yourself in an environment that other in an environment where other people are just not good in terms of doing things that are illicit very things that are illegal then you find the wrong self right you, you you end up being influenced by these individuals and you say well yeah i'm going to be this and, mm. you know, and I think that's, that's not okay. I think people need to start getting to the notion of the practice of creating yourself, right? Taking bits and pieces of what you admire from different people and developing that into who you want to be instead of this idea of it being passive. Yeah, I'm going to find myself in the next 20 years. This, that's why there's people who are 50 who never are happy or are complete because they're still finding themselves in yeah. an area where there aren't anyone like them. Right, you have to start getting the notion of create who you want to be, create this new orange or this new passion suit. If you want to be an orange, be a passion suit, that's what you want to be, go do that. Right? <laughs> exactly. You're not going to find it, you're going to find it being in, in a village of only oranges, right? Exactly. You won't. And I think I just want to share that. That's a very good gem that I, I felt like not many people, not anyone told me, but my experience taught me.
0: What you're saying basically is you create your life, you know, and in creating that identity and creating uh, your story, right? In writing your story, you have to be aware of who are the extras, you know, in that movie. Who you're surrounding yourself with and that reminds me of something Tony Robbins calls the circle of influence you know the people that we surround ourselves with we become the average of you know tell me who you hang out with I'll tell you who you are <laughs> so that's what it comes down to right and and being aware of who are the people you look up to right who are your your role models uh, who are the people that inspire you uh, and the people that you say you know what I want to be like them when I grow up. (laughs) You know, there's a lot of people that I want to be like, I I look for, for inspiration and and I'd love to hear what are those people that, that uh, inspire you. But uh, to to recap what, what you just said, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, is that to the people that are feeling unfulfilled and unhappy, it's to write their own story, right? To, to be aware of, who they surround themselves with to realize that happiness is something that they create within themselves, uh, not something that they'll find when they achieve that thing or they attain that person or object, right? Is that, does that sound about right?
1: That is right, and I think to to just tell it even better. A lot of this is again this is my personal experience. People, I want to tell people, hey, take onus for what you want, right? And I mean that wholeheartedly. That can be, you want to be happy? You're the owner of that. Create that happiness. You are who you want to be. You're the owner of that. Create what you want to be. There's a lot of things that you are in control over that has to do with your individual success, your individual personality, your individual attitude towards anything. You have to take onus in that, create that, and, and, and develop your own. There's too much of an instance where I see that people expect other people to do it for them. And that isn't fair. You expect your teachers to teach people she you don't know. You expect your, your mother to help you in, in life when she can't help herself in moments. You expect to, to your friends to be there always when they themselves aren't always there for their families, right? These are things and expectations that are unfair to people who are responsible for that, right? Take onus in, in your creation because like that, it, it, otherwise, if you do not and you live a life that's one way or the two, unfulfilled and three unhappy right so that's 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 really what
0: i capture absolutely and and you bring up this point of the other people it's kind of scary you know because we have one life and you have this one shot at this and you can't have someone else hold the pen for you and write the story for you and and that's that's what's happening if you look around most people that's what's going on right others limiting beliefs are being imposed on them and and because of what other people think uh, they are acting in this way right where their heart is telling them a completely different story you know you're like i want to do this i want to be this great person i want to be this highest self my best self but then oh but my family tells me that i can't or my friends, you know, don't support me or this, that, and the other. Somebody else is writing the story for you because you're carrying these limiting beliefs that are holding you back from taking the action that you need to take to become that person you want to be, right? And it's that whole people pleasing thing, right? And we try to please other people when we're not whole and complete within ourselves because we perceive the world as if we are half an orange and others are going to give us that validation, right? It's, it's really beautiful how everything comes together like that. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but what it comes down to, right, is, is we have one life, and, and, and I will be making a, a podcast on this, on the Stoic philosophy concept of, of you know, mortality and how coming to terms with that really is not a scary thing, but a liberating reality. If you live forever, then what's the point of waking up in the morning? right what's the point why do anything right but the very fact that we don't know when we're going to die and we know that we will that's the very thing that gives our life purpose right that should remind us to live life on our terms to love profoundly to be vulnerable to be real to contribute the best we can to lift others up to to motivate others to be the best versions of themselves they can be to show up in this world in a way where when we're gone, we've left it a better place than we found it. You know, I think it's really liberating thoughts. So I will be talking about that further in more detail in another podcast, but what are your thoughts on I that?
1: Zeno, I, I think Zeno, we're very, very, very proud of you. Um, that, that's <laughs> the, the founder of uh, Poetism. Um, <laughs> but I think, I think that you're right, um, but people don't believe that you're right because if they did, the one to be where where they are now in terms of not waking up with purpose every morning, mm. not waking up with meaning every morning. I think the conversation should then be how you make that belief impactful in other people's lives to get them moving because you're not wrong, right? I think Zeno again is wrong, right? The whole the whole school of Stoicism uh, teaches you a, in a perspective that's important to understand mortality, mm. right? And I and I every day that I wake up, I feel like. I Get there more like, oh my god, I didn't have enough time yesterday to do this, the third. Let me get more work up a little earlier today to get that done, right? Um, how do we get people to understand that this day isn't guaranteed, and because it's not guaranteed, then make it meaningful? And then you have to start talking about what would make it meaningful Mm -hmm. is that just glorifying yourself, uplifting yourself, or does that, or is that a combination of, of glorifying, uplifting yourself, and helping others? Mm. Right. Um but but that's a conversation that I feel like if you have it and if you explain it, it will impact this more because um no no one understands what stoicism is. <laughs> right? Uh, you explain it very well, but but they won't relate to it. What they relate to is I don't hate waking up in the mornings too early. <laughs> right? What they relate to is this I have to go to work this morning and I hate this job or or or, or I love this job, but damn, this morning is is not my day, right? So how do you? How, what, what's the conversation that needs to be had, changing that notion, that narrative, right? And I think that would be the most important thing.
0: I agree. I agree. You know, it's it's again, the goal should be how do we shift the focus, right? How do yeah. we shift the focus, yeah. um, so that. Snap my fingers to that. <laughs> yeah, so that, that that's interpreted in a in a different way, right? In a in a way that's helpful for the for the individual. Um, a simple thing that you know I, I talk about all the time is we all know what regret feels like, right? We all know what regret feels like, and I believe it's a worse emotion than than grief and loss. You know, to picture this, picture this. Let's say if you're fortunate enough, you're ninety years old and you are dying of natural causes. You're about to die.
1: <laughs> <laughs> we pull, we pull, you're during your yeah, deathbed. You're giving about what your past is. And you're like now sitting here, like, what the hell did I accomplish in the last ninety years of my life?
0: Yeah, you know, and and your family knows, you know, like you're you're on the deathbed, you know, everyone's visiting you from from across the country and they know it's the last time they're gonna see you, right? And everyone's gathered around and telling you how much they love you and whatnot. But not only are they standing there watching you and saying how much they love you, but along with your family members and your closest friends also are those neglected dreams, those things you said you would do but never took action on, staring you dead in the eyes and saying, you had one chance. (laughs) <laughs> and you forgot about me i regret feeling often. oh my god yeah me... think about right that's a scary thought your whole life flashes before and you wonder man what if i had taken that leap of faith what if i had faith in myself and my capacity to see things through what if i believed in myself what if i had confidence yeah but you can't turn Back time, right? The time that's gone, it's gone forever. And, you know, I, I've talked to a lot of people that have lost family members, you know, parents and, and even children. And in talking with them, it's that thing time, right? Time waits for no one and it's going at a million miles per hour. It's fleeting. And these people would give anything, we as humans, we give anything in the world for five more minutes with the people we've lost that we love deeply, right? Five more minutes. That's how you know the value of those five minutes. (laughs) But as time goes by every day, right? And you're, you're going through your whole daily routine and, you know, we're mostly on autopilot. We don't realize how valuable that time is, right? Because those five minutes that we wasted away, I don't know, doing something unproductive, you know, that's not beneficial for it's us or other people, right? I mean, and those are tools, right? You can use them productively, but most people are not doing that, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right? It's just, uh, you know, endless scrolling in some kind of hypnotic trance, right? Just looking at this screen like a robot, right? But anyway, that's another conversation. <laughs> <laughs> we can write a whole book about that. <laughs> but the the thing is, right, in seeing how time is often wasted away and seeing how valuable it is for someone that would do anything in the world to spend five more minutes with someone they love. In a way, I feel that helps us see the value in those five minutes we've wasted. What can I do in these five minutes? If I have five minutes with someone, with a stranger, with a friend, with a family member, to speak with them, to be there with them, am I going to be five minutes there talking with them where they're telling me about something and I'm in la-la land wondering about what I'm doing tomorrow or my to-do list or I'm cooking for dinner, or am I going to be present in the moment there with them listening and listening to understand, right? Not to respond, right? So time is precious. And when we realize the importance of time, not only... Can we be more present and appreciate the people around us, but also we can be more present in our own lives and we can use our time effectively and productively, right? So that after, you know, when we look back at our lives, we can say, you know what, I created amazing memories. I was there. I was present when my family and the people I loved were speaking with me when we went out to the beach, you know, we watched the sunset together. I was there, you know, and when I had a chance to work on myself and had a chance to help someone in need, I did it. I didn't waste my time doing meaningless things. And, and you know, meaning is a really big idea, right? We we're meaning making creatures. A lot of philosophical questions of, you know, does anything have meaning, right? Um, my quick answer to that is, no, but we give meaning to everything we, we have that need and, and we should. We should give meaning to things. We shouldn't let other people give meaning to our lives. We should find our own meaning and purpose in our life. Um, but yeah, you know, the reason why people are unhappy and unfulfilled is is that, you know, is is there's a, a wrong focus. Um, but I'd like to touch on this circle of influence. And I wanna know who are the people that have inspired you like I said, you know, ever since I can remember, you've, you've always been so disciplined and so focused on what you want to do and what you want to accomplish and, and very clear on your intent you know, and going into everything, you know what you want to get out of it and, and what's the end result. What are the people that you look up to that inspire you, that motivate you to have that mindset and to work on yourself and to be better, uh, a better you? Every single day.
1: That's a good question, is that question evolved over time. <clears> mm. Right. Um, my answer evolved over time. So initially it was my family, right? We never had anything. What I wanted was to give them something. Uh, especially my parents. So my mom and my mom and dad worked really hard or entrepreneurs on their own, but where they they're, they're, they're each country, my dad's Dominican, uh, the most uh, they grew up in, they grew up in poverty. Um, and it came to, to America in order to have something. Um, we didn't grow up in the best neighborhoods. And Bushwick, being, Bushwick Brooklyn, being one of the worst neighborhoods in, in the country at that time period, one of career, a gang lines, et cetera. And so initially what inspired me was how can I give my mom and my dad more? How can I? Because they, they, they tried every single day. I saw my dad work his butt off from Monday through Sunday. No days off. I my mom for the same so my parents were my initial uh, motivation and I think there was so much so that the only reason I bought a home when I was 22 was for my mom, right? Oh. I, I, I literally don't, don't need a house. I can just live in New York and in the apartment i be fine, but that's the only reason I think it was for my family. And, um, you know, from it's, in my parents, both my dad and my, and my mom inspired me to, go to college. We we couldn't afford it, but, I was able to go to college and get a, and, and get a scholarship on that. And, and the only reason why I graduated in three years instead of four was because of my parents' motivation and, and, and continuation. And in those three years, I met people who inspired me, such as the Robert King Key, who was my mentor at the time, my leadership mentor. He taught me so many different things that I needed to, you know, for me to be where I needed to be in that time period. As well as my friends, so I, I, I never had I never had I did two things when I left when I left high school, I disconnected from my friends from high school. Some it was purposefully somewhere it was just life right um, there were some people who just didn't understand what I wanted and and I couldn't learn anything from them anymore and if I, had, I didn't care for them I love these people you know but at the time period I needed to go and find whatever I, whatever I was missing when I was I was looking for. Um, so I separated myself from, from my high school friends for the moment. I feel was the moment. Because I some from my friends, the people I talked to, I still love them, I still care for them, you know. But we are we we have different paths to each one of us. Mm-hmm. And the second thing I did was I got new friends. People who were where I wanted to be. Mm-hmm. Right? People who had things that I didn't have. People who had ideas that I couldn't think of. And so I I I hang out on these people right, for a very long time, and I can name them Ahmed, Saman, um, Ty, um, uh, what was it, Uh, Alex, uh, uh, Max, you know, these were people who really inspired me to be where I needed to be, right, some of them for different reasons. Um, I got my first credit card, because they had credit cards, right, and I didn't have one, right, so I was like, okay, I I I traveled across Europe on an eight-country trip, because it was possible, because I associated myself with them. I got the scholarships for it because they helped me get the scholarships. So I didn't know where, where that information was, they pointed me in the direction. Mm. So those are the people who. who so those individuals were inspired me, right? And what? And then obviously, like we have idols, not idols, but people that we admire from distance and what we don't actually know. And I think Barack Obama, Tony Robbins, Les Brown, um, Tom Billu. Right. these are people who who I listen to, um Steven Furtick, Bishop T.D. Jakes, I listen to these individuals and I see what what I admire and what I like in them and I take these, these each one of those individuals and make it my own and see how I can grow. And so fast forward to to now, what keeps me going is I learned to internalize that that uh, ambition in terms of wanting to be better for my own sake. What I noticed and what I learned was um, as I, as they inspired me to be better. If I don't, if they have, they also have their own lives. They also have their own perspectives and their own paths to take. It, so we're gonna have to segregate for a while. But I enjoyed those moments where I was drawing, and so I, I internalized that feeling and said, okay, how can I now inspire myself? And so anytime mm-hmm. I do be great now, or anytime I, I can move forward now, I do it because Josh wanted to change this right and obviously your family allows you so they can see that they can question that oh josh you were, you were bad at this last week but this week you're you doing better or you said this very 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 straight very blatant but now you're saying it very kindly like i can understand you right um and i think that that feeling of 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 improvement for validation that you see from yourself really is what continues to to propel that gas without it being Having to be refused every friend, every colleague, every mentor, every idol—any, every, you know what I mean. So that's why I am proud the
0: I love that. I love that. And and you mentioned some really great names. I encourage everyone listening. If there's someone in that list that you've never heard of before, look them up. Look them up. There are some really great name dropping. <laughs> so I encourage, seriously, I encourage everyone to look at the, uh, you know, the lectures that these people have given and and the speeches. There's a lot to learn from each one of them. And again, it, it's that whole sphere of influence, right? Clearly, uh, when when I look at you, I can see little, little elements of those individuals in you. And it's wonderful. Another thing that I love that you mentioned is that these people got you to where you wanted to be. And you realized that you needed to isolate yourself from a certain kind of let's say, frequency, right? Elevate your frequency, elevate your, your mindset. And that meant isolating yourself from the people that were pushing you in the opposite direction of where you wanted to go, right? That's number one. And then number two, you, you said to yourself, I need to find people that are, are right now where I want to be. And that's really, really important. I can't remember where I heard this from. It might have been Tony Robbins, uh, but he said something really, really great. He said, "You know, surround yourself with all kinds of people, people that are below you in you know, whatever your goals are and your, your, your path so that you can help them and you can lift them up. People that are on your same level so that you can work together and collaborate and keep each other accountable. And people that are above you that you can learn from And you can emulate, right? And they lift you up. And that way you have this momentum and everyone around you supports you. Everyone just grows and flourishes together. I think that's a really really (laughs) important, important mindset to have. But then you said something really, really important. After that, I forget exactly how you said it, but you mentioned you were your own motivator. Can you touch a little bit more on that? Being your own cheerleader, You know, hyping yourself up, giving yourself that pep talk to keep (laughs) yourself going, instead of having someone else inspire you. Can you can you elaborate on that?
1: Yeah, yeah. I think I found myself where, first of all, I'm not a person who tends to articulate or talk about themselves very much. So, Um, when I'm in a in a meeting or with people about, and I'm having these one-on-ones with them, I tend to try to get to the point quickly and don't seek any one else to, to, to really uplift me, not uplift me, but glorify me because of what I've done, right? Um, there are people who achieve trophies and they want people to say, yeah, he won that trophy. I'm not, I'm not that guy. I need to have these one-on-ones with people. And when I couldn't have that one-on-one, right, because they have their own paths, and I'm understanding of this, right? Mindfulness is a big thing with me as well as far from gratitude. But being mindful of others and their and their paths and their goals is important in order for that i don't take it personally when they say to me that i can't do um when that moment happened i had to find a way to that i can be my own motivator and what what i tend to do is and what i learned was people come and go your life from your life every single day you have to be grateful for what they brought to you what they gave to you but they take some when they go they cannot take that back, right? They can't take whether well, they're about to away from you. So I found that that was happening early on like when I was 18, 19, that was happening. And I found that, Josh, okay, um, I needed to affirm myself. So Josh, look at what you've done so far and say you can, so when you look at the next goal, the next task, it might be heavier, it might be, it might be harder, but look already what you what you have accomplished. Use that as fuel for yourself to say you can accomplish this next thing, right? Um, being confident in your own self, right? Uh, and with that same notion, in terms of inspiring myself, I always taught myself this one idea, and it's, um, to, to keep it simple, is if I'm going to take a risk on anyone, I mean, on anything, I'm going to take the risk on myself. It's how I felt when I went to London and I knew no one. I had no friends, no peers. No one told me to go. I said, I'm taking this risk on myself, and if I fail, I fail, but I'm going to take this risk because I'm going to be upset with internally within myself. I won't be okay if Josh doesn't go ahead and at least try and accomplish this goal. What it boils down to is I am holding myself responsible for my own goals. I'm holding myself responsible for what I don't achieve or for what I do achieve. I don't put the blame game. Oh, because you weren't there with me, I didn't do this. No. And so that motivates me, right? That keeps me, that keeps me, oh, uh, accountable, not to anyone else, but to myself. If I'm not feeling good in here, then I can't be happy. I can't be patient. I can't be mindful of others. I'm, I'm over here struggling with inside. And I don't like that emotion of being disabled within myself. I don't like it at all. And so I, I take it real personal and when I have a goal, I don't accomplish it. Right. And, and and that motivates me. That keeps that accountability within me. And, and I and and take away responsibility from others because it's not fair to give it to them. Right. So that's, so if I, if I have to boil it down again, it's kind of on my own person making the own risk on my own, taking the own risk for myself this is the risk I would take for Josh's risk and then um, following through and that really what keeps me, keeps me going. Right.
0: That's a, a really profound answer to that question. I'd like to unpack it a little bit. You said that you reflected on the things that you've accomplished and I'd like to highlight that because the reason why people's lives remain the same, nothing changes or they don't accomplish anything is because there's a tendency to not reflect on our actions, to not reflect on what we've done uh, good and also what we haven't done. (laughs) Right? So that's really important. You you reflected on, on all this. That's number one. And you realized in that moment of reflection that people come and go. And that they won't always be there. You don't know who's always going to stick around. And therefore, you cannot make them responsible for your happiness and your sense of fulfillment, right? To keep you in check, right? So because people come and go, uh, you realize that as much as you do for other people, as much as you're there for other people, as much as you love other people, most such as you help other people and uplift them, you have to do for yourself. And that I'd like to elaborate on that, because what I've realized and I'm not the first to realize this is that it's a lot easier for us humans to do something to eliminate uh, unfavorable behavior or a bad habit if we're doing it for someone else. Like when I work with a smoking secession client, people that have been smoking cigarettes, like a pack of cigarettes a day for 40 years, when I hypnotize them for smoking secession in one hour, one hour and a half, they let go of that habit. It is a habit, it's not an addiction. They let go of that habit forever. They have no urges, no craving, no pull for the cigarettes. And never again do they partake in this, this habit. But while talking with them, I get down to what are the beliefs that bind them to the habit of smoking. And this is the same with anything, you know, any kind of bad habit or, or negative behavior or patterns. And one of the beliefs that holds them to the habit is that they can't quit. And they've tried and they can't. And it's only that. It's a belief, right? And beliefs shape our world. And so I tell them this. I say to them, okay, so say you go to your doctor and your doctor says that if you smoke one more cigarette, you're going to die. You're going to get cancer and you're going to die. Would you smoke again? And I've gotten very different responses from people. Uh, Some say, no, I wouldn't. Um, And some say, yes, I would. I don't care. I'll have one as a celebratory cigarette and then I'll die. <laughs> but whatever their answer, I tell them the fact is you would smoke again. Because that's exactly what you're doing. You've heard all the warnings. You've been told by your doctor to stop smoking. You know it's killing you. You know it's destroying your teeth, your your eyesight, your skin, everything. You know It's killing you and shaving off years from your life, and yet you still smoke. So, no, you wouldn't quit. But then I tell them this. Imagine again, you're at your doctor's office, and he says, if you smoke one more cigarette, your mom will die. Do you quit smoking or do you smoke again? Everyone says, I will quit right then and there forever. In that question, I put the person that they love the most, the person that's closest to them and the most important individual in their life. And the reason why that works and what that does is it eliminates the belief that they can't quit because if they would quit in that scenario, that means they can quit. Under the right circumstances, they can quit. And then I tell them, well, your mom's or your son's happiness and well-being totally depends on you quitting right now forever. Because if you don't, they will suffer. They will suffer seeing you decay and and, and rot from the inside out because of this habit. They will suffer. So yes, their happiness and well-being depends on you quitting right now. And so that eliminates that belief that they can't quit because under the right circumstances, they would. And what that's relying on is the fact that us humans it's a lot easier for us to do anything if it's for the benefit of someone else more than if it is for our own benefit, right? So you, you touched on that by you know, saying, if I'm willing to take a risk on someone else, then I should be able to do that for myself, right? To have that confidence, to have that self-love, right? How many things do we do for love for other people, right? And so as much as we do for others, we should be willing to do more For ourselves, the fact is, we came by ourselves into this world, and we're going to leave by ourselves. We can't take anyone with us, right? And so, along the way, we have to prioritize that and show ourselves love, right?
1: Can can I can I just stop you there? I think you you single-handedly just highlighted a problem that people are having, and that's they don't have enough self-love to have self-discipline to be. Who they want to be to be mm-hmm. successful in that goal and, and I think and I think they first of all you should not put anyone higher than yourself right because um, that's not healthy in a long term mm-hmm. short term that can be that can be something for you you love your mom when you love yourself I get it I get it you know what I mean but long term passes away what happens then right who do you become right do you become exactly. yourself as a man instead a person um, but um, you, you, that's perfect, right? You button it up is love yourself more than the person you love more in this world because that's what's going to make or break who you become, whether you become great or, or not. Or you finish, like you said, either you stop smoking or not. And that to me is in Spanish or Hispanic sex even once, right? That's something that you, you, you should be embarrassed about yeah. not loving yourself enough to quit not loving yourself enough to splitting your goals in your in your in your ambitions in your whatever it is. you should be embarrassed about that mm-hmm. right and And that wanted to sound crude, but that's that's, that's the that's the truth,
0: yeah and Truth often hurts, <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> but that's, that's real love, right? <laughs> like we were saying earlier, yeah, right? Exactly. Love is not just, oh, you know, being kind and all that. This is, It's tough love and it's what people need to hear, you know? Everything comes down to confidence, really. And uh, please stick along because we have a surprise that relates to confidence later on. I'm going to talk a little bit more about that. If confidence is something that you crave and you feel like you need, that sense of self-worth and a positive self-image, self-esteem, the willpower to do the things that you've always been putting off. But again, you haven't had that self-love and that positive self-image and that appreciation for yourself, that confidence to actually follow through. Uh, There's a little surprise uh, we're going to touch on a little later. So please do stick along for that. Um, So yeah, you know, it's wonderful because you, you did all this coming from a place of self-love, of knowing that you had to do this for you. And a, a part of you was also thinking, I don't know if consciously, but subconsciously definitely, that if you didn't do that, the regret would kill you inside. It would destroy you, <laughs> right? Think about it, right? You, you, you wanna be this, you wanna do this thing, and you know what you should do, but then you don't do it. How can we live with that, with knowing we could take that action? We could be that person, we could become that, and yet we don't. I forget what the cliche uh, saying is, but uh, once you know that something's wrong, after knowing it's wrong and doing it anyway it makes it worse, <laughs> right? So, and that's what it comes down to. Um, you know, and you always had that discipline, that, that confidence, and that's what kept you determined. And, and I like to define very quickly that word determination. I believe it was Tony Robbins that said, determination, right? Determination. It's about removing the end to our efforts and acknowledging that there is no end to what we can accomplish. Realizing that there's, there's so much that we could do, right? We underestimate what we're capable of. Right? And if we have the confidence, if we cultivate that confidence to believe That we have the capacity to become that highest self, all aspects of our life at a level 10. If someone else did it, so can we, right? If someone else did it, so can we. It doesn't matter what uh, socioeconomic background we come from, it doesn't matter what we've been through. If we realize we have the capacity to unleash that greatness, to awaken that giant, then we can take those actions. Then we can act from that place, from that belief and have that discipline, have that passion, have that motivation to see things through and then become that person. So yeah, I I love that you brought that up because uh, otherwise I wouldn't have gone on that tangent. (laughs) You know, and, and a lot of it, you mentioned so much that we can unpack forever, but a lot of it comes down to your sense of self and, and that dialogue that you have with yourself, that inner dialogue, being honest with yourself, being real, right? There's something that I, I touched on on the previous episode uh, where I broke down exactly how to achieve any one of our goals. And that's something that I call uh, productive procrastination. Your friends reach out to you and they're like, hey, you want to go to the beach?" Or- Whatever it is, and you're like, no, I can't, I'm busy, but you really aren't busy. It's just a self-delusion. Yeah. It's a self-delusion because you can't face the reality that you are being lazy and you're not doing the things you want to do or you know that you know you should do. Uh, because you're leaving them for the last minute or you're just not doing them at all. <laughs> right. And and it's it's that self-delusion. It's it's being dishonest with others, but Worse yet with yourself. Right. And so what's kept you going, it's that you've always been transparent with yourself and and reflected accurately on your actions and said, you know what? I didn't do that all that well. I should probably work on that and, and polish that and do it better next time. You know, it's about being real looking in the mirror and being real with yourself and telling yourself, you've been naughty recently, you need to, <laughs> you need to get on your game and, and do what you have to do because nobody else is gonna do it for you. You know, um, so on that note, I'd like to touch on questions, you know, the questions that we ask ourselves and, and especially now, right, with, with COVID-19, the questions that we ask ourselves are so, so important uh, with anything in life, you know, it's the questions that we ask ourselves that shape our reality. Say, for example, with COVID, right? If someone asks themselves, oh, how could I ever come out of this place of lack of productivity? How could I ever do this when I'm a failure, <laughs> right? <laughs> Instead of asking ourselves, what's great about this? Or how can I use this? as an opportunity for growth and connection, right? The questions we ask ourselves are super important because what we feed the subconscious, we get back in return. Every question you ask yourself, you may not get the answer right away, but your subconscious mind will look for that answer. So if you ask yourself, why am I such a failure? Your subconscious mind will come up with answers that go hand in hand with that question. It will give you reasons why you're such a failure, even if you're not such a failure, right? But you're asking from that perspective, from that belief that you are a failure. And so it will say you're such a failure because nobody loves you. You, were, you come from a poor background, you know, whatever you do, it's going to fail, you know, it's not worth trying, right? And then it, it reinforces those preexisting beliefs and it leads us down this rabbit hole of self-sabotage and suffering and misery.
1: Um, mm-hmm. I just want to pause right there for one second. I think there's a lot in that, but I think you mentioned also that self determination, socioeconomic economic status isn't a, isn't a handicap that hinders your future or your goals. Mm-hmm. I actually have had that optimism. I, I called it optimism when I was very young. I said, it doesn't matter where I come from, I think I can make it either way. Um, I do wanna make it clear though, I think socioeconomic status matters in the sense of where you fall within the advantages of this world. So with money, you have a lot more of an advantage. With no money, (laughs) no advantage, right? So it can take you longer to get where you wanna be, right? but it doesn't mean you can't get where you want to be. So I think making that interesting is clear. I think um, mm-hmm. uh, pe- people like to use their poverty as an excuse for not accomplishing their goals. Um, and then vice versa, right? Uh, rich people uh, you don't you don't say, because I have money, I made this, right? They feel, felt they were entitled to it, right? Because of their uh, backgrounds. Um, but politically speaking, don't want to get too complicated with it, money matters in a sense, but it should not matter to you when it comes to your goals. You, got, you, have, to, you have to be, you have to have a drive enough to not let that be a hindrance to what your goals. Um But the it it, reason really why I, I, I'm hiding that is because there has been conversations that, oh yeah, that, that the political elite have had, whether they say, "Well, it doesn't matter if you're broke or not; you should have been accomplished." This is America; you can do whatever you want in America. Where that's unfair because um, your advantage with money is you have a better education from the mm-hmm. get-go, mm-hmm. from from the start. You 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 go from kindergarten to college, and it's all Ivy Leagues, you know. And that's and they teach you the the most up-to-date technology. They have the better books. They have the better. Uh, uh, interfaces, uh, softwares, computers, where at the public institutions that don't have this advantage that maybe what this guy learned in kindergarten, you're learning in first grade. Right? Um, it does matter. However, like I said, it takes you a bit longer, but it shouldn't be a hindrance to your goal of whatever that may be, which means it's stopping you from getting there.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, that reminds me of a quote From uh, Roosevelt, he said, do what you can from where you are with what you have, (laughs) right? And, you know, in stoicism, there's something called the stoic fork or the dichotomy of control. There are certain things you can control and certain things you can't, right? And the things you can't control are where you're born, you know, what family you're born into, other people's thoughts, other people's perception of you, their actions, their reactions, um, nature, (laughs) right? sometimes illness there are many things we cannot control in fact almost everything we cannot control but what's on the other side of that curtain is the things we can control and we can control our actions our thoughts our beliefs our emotions our interpretations right and so that applies here right You can't change what is, (laughs) you can't change what your background is and where you come from, but you can definitely ask yourself, how can I use everything at my disposal to get to where I want to be, right? What are my strengths and how can I use them to take me further uh, and get me to where I want to be? Jim Rohn, uh, there's a quote from Jim Rohn. He said, learn how to be happy with what you have while you pursue all that you want. yeah. Learn how to be happy with what you have while you pursue all that you want, right? And it connects with what we were saying earlier, right? We should remember there's nothing wrong with wanting more money, right? There are many limiting beliefs people have attached to money like, oh, wanting money makes you greedy. Not the case, (laughs) you know, or, or, uh, you know, if you're wealthy, you must be, very selfish and, and you don't care about anybody, you don't care about the poor. Also not the case, it's a limiting belief. And you, know, you hear the people that say these things and ask them, do you have any money? <laughs> Usually they don't, right? So you have to be aware, yeah, who are you listening to? Right? Who are you getting your beliefs from? Uh, because our beliefs shape our reality, right? And we have to be conscious yeah. of that. And, uh, and you know, have that patience, um, control the things we can, let go of trying to control the things we can't and, and do whatever we can, what is in our power to get ourselves where we want to be, right? There's a lot here that, that it's about achieving a goal, reaching uh, a destination, right? I want to get your thoughts on delayed gratification versus instant gratification, how it's important to distinguish Difference between the two to have that awareness, right? And what's more fulfilling?
1: First of all, that's super important. And delayed gratification or inter- gratification to me automatically, I have to play it off discipline. Automatically, if you if you go for the instant gratification, you would be less successful than if you delayed whatever you want uh, for the future time. For example. I would have loved to have gone to parties and, and hanged out with more of my friends during my early college career. Did not do that. I spent my nights studying for exams, preparing to run a student government meeting, uh, uh, interning for President Clinton, and moving forward to, to getting into politics. Why? Because I could do that later on. I could have fun later on. When I, when I'm, when I, have, when I can afford the keyword is to afford that luxury of having fun during that time period. So I think people who have a goal that no one else has needs to understand that they need to delay their gratification right away. That instant gratification is usually not worth it, has no value, has no sustainability, right? But if you delayed it and you say, I'm gonna go have fun with my, with my friends after I buy this home and buy this house and graduate because I have something that, that's concrete that I accomplished, that I can move forward now and celebrate it. Boom! Go have fun. Go have that gratification, right? If you want to, and that, and, what, and what that requires from you as a person requires extreme discipline, right? Individual, precise, complete discipline, and self-love enough to be disciplined. self and I can't hang out with you today. I can not get a girlfriend. I can do this. I whatever case may be, right? Because I have to accomplish this right? This is what I'm going to get to the next level in 10 years, five years from now. So let me finish putting the work now. And people don't like that. People like to think about hard work. People like to really gratification. People don't understand discipline. They don't understand self love. And that is a problem,
0: right? Yep.
1: You talk, and you talk about uh, accomplishing goals and accomplishing dreams and having a purpose, right? It is much more hard to identify your purpose, but if you have those goals and you have those dreams, Dude, this is what you have to do. There is no secret formula. There is no secret sauce. There is no pet talk. You can come around. No, this is what you have to do. Get it done. And that's how you move forward to get your goals. And if you are confused, I'm saying, discipline yourself enough to work hard now so that when you are five years from now, 10 years from now, you can have a guy vacation. You can go play. You can go hang out. You can do whatever you want. That's what that is. And I'm very, I'm very serious about that. Um, obviously, throughout the entire journey, be grateful, be mindful, be apologetic in, in terms of if you do something wrong, right? But don't be apologetic for being disciplined, for isolating yourself from those people mm-hmm. that we have We have to do for accomplishing your dreams. Don't do that. But be mindful, be grateful, and move on, and be disciplined. Hard work Hard work and discipline absolutely is what, it, it, what's required of you if you have those ambitions to
0: be that amazing person that you want to be. Absolutely. Absolutely. Couldn't agree more. You know, you mentioned that, you know, you could have gone to the party. You could have done this and done that and and had that short term pleasure. Right. Yeah. But uh, short term pleasure leads to long term pain. <laughs> right. And yeah short-term pain, the, you know, putting in the work and staying up one hour later, you know, to finish that project, working with so many people, interacting with so many people, working on your social skills, you know, your business skills to be better, you know, than you were the day before so that you can get to where you want to be. That short-term pain leads to long-term pleasure. People see, you know, someone with a, a mansion and many cars and they're happy and they have everything they want and they're like how did you get that it's, it's not some magic pill it's not some miracle it's it's blood sweat and tears <laughs> that's what it is yeah you know if, if you want yeah. to to keep anything that's you know sustainable to build something that's going to last you then you need to build it up you need to build it up little by little like a snowman right and over time through work with patience. Uh, with that dedication and discipline, then you build that bigger picture. Uh, You know, it reminds me of this thing. There's this man, he created a a masterpiece. He replicated the Mona Lisa out of burnt toast. (laughs) Have you heard about this? (laughs) No, I I haven't seen it. It's incredible. So this guy, you know, he's never was much of an artist, not very talented, but he realized that, you know, like in computers, An image is made up by pixels, right? And every pixel is just one solid color. And together, they create this puzzle, right, of many pixels together, and they come together, they form this image. And he realized, well, I could do the same with the Mona Lisa and break it up into little squares and replicate the Mona Lisa little segments at a time, right? It would be really difficult to take on the whole task at once. But he said, you know what, I can certainly do it bit by bit. And he did it with burnt toast. So the, the, the shape of the Mona Lisa, the, the composition of the Mona Lisa, he replicated by burning loaves of bread and then putting them together to form this puzzle. The guy made history. I'm reminded of that because it's... That thing, you know, it's building a puzzle one piece at a time, that persistent and, and determined work to not give up, to keep going, to have this picture in your head to visualize what it is you want and you know what you want and then have that patience and that knowledge and understanding that it's going to take work and it may be a little difficult. There will be obstacles. There will be uncertainty. Life will throw curveballs your way. But. If you persist, if you persevere, if you have that grit, then you will see things through and you will be able to create that Mona Lisa, whatever that is for you. Right. And that brings me into the subject of failing in talking about the difference between a growth mindset and a, and a fixed mindset. A person with a growth mindset is not afraid of failing, not afraid of making mistakes. And, you know, it's been said many times that there. Are no such things as failures there is no such thing as a mistake there are only lessons only learning experiences something to grow from so can you share a little bit about how things that didn't turn out as planned helped you grow and become better Uh, how your quote mistakes and failures shaped you can you think of things uh, in your life like that, that when you look back, you were like, this had to happen because without it, I wouldn't be who I am now.
1: Yeah, I have. I have failed so many times. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I think, okay, okay, so for me, I have I have a unique perspective on this. I think uh, failure is important, right? It teaches you what you messed up on and, and cetera. I was working under President Clinton and I, need, I I didn't do a good job. I failed basically at creating this documentation that was required for him on a weekly basis. I felt terrible, right? Because whenever you feel terrible about failing, it's normal, right? Mm-hmm. Two things I learned in that experience is you need to put up what was required of you all the time. I wasn't putting up what was required of me for that job, for that, for that position, right? It's hard for to swallow, how to swallow that. The second thing that I learned was failure to me, is hard to handle. I do not do well with failure. I need to be honest about that. Mm-hmm. I like to make sure that I know everything I need to know so that if I'm going into something, I will be successful as a result of it, right? Uh, a good example of this right now, I'm, I'm, I'm working currently and it's been, it's difficult transition from working and difficult jobs, et cetera, right? So like currently I'm, I'm worried about uh, failing at every single corner. This time I did a good job here, they did a good job there, fantastic, I'm doing a good job, right? But that initial image oh, that I did this right, that I did this correctly, am I gonna get scolded for this? I'm at a whole new point where now I'm like saying to myself, well, you could fail, you could, you, that might have been incorrect, but you need to learn to accept that. Right, so I'm constantly about accepting my failures and learning from them. Accepting and learning, accepting and learning, and that's not that. So in my immediate life, in the last five to six years, I humbly can't tell you that I have failed remarkably, right? Because the goals that I have put in my input in place, I graduated my bachelor's, double major, three years, boom, done. One year, graduated my master's in banking and finance from a. Prestigious university, fantastic. Like, got a house, 22, to, done that, right. So the goals that I have achieved, um, I have that set out goals that I have achieved, right. But it's because I have this constant fear of, of, of mm. am I doing this correctly? Mm. And then if I'm not, oh shoot, I'm not doing this correctly. to go learn from it, fix it, amend it, and change from it. I'm in this kind of agile turn of thought where fail, accept. Change, fail, accept, change, fail, accept, change, and that's my whole approach to it. Another thing is too, I know you mentioned that i, I, I it seems like I'm very focused on determining my goals and stuff like this, but sometimes I don't know if things will turn out successfully, right I went to London thinking, I don't know how this is gonna end, right? What I do know is I'm gonna do it, right I'm gonna do my best, I'm gonna accomplish this i'm I'm going have the highest honors. To graduate of honor, still, but that wasn't my goal. My goal was to get it done. That's my take on failure. Failure for me is hard to accept, but I have to do it. And so I'm constantly on this again, agile thought. Uh, am I, first of all, fail, accept it, take a while, change? And that's how I go from there.
0: Wonderful. Now, you, you mentioned this, and I think it's, it's natural, right, to not want to fail. Right? We don't want to fail. <laughs> you mentioned that you accept the possibility of failing again that uncertainty is there you know we we don't know what's going to happen there's there are things we can't control you can only control how you show up in those circumstances right and and what action you take and what work you put in but what often happens is that fear holds people back you don't let that hold you back you know you might fail as anyone But you do it anyway. So I'd like to touch on that because fear is a big thing. Fear is a massive beast. (laughs) And the one thing stopping people from living their best life and being who they want to be and who they know they can be, if they know they can be someone great, is fear. Is the fear of failing, the fear of what other people think. Uh, the fear of rejection, fear of judgment, fear of success sometimes even so I'd like to to talk about fears. you know in in my line of work, fear is huge because I'm constantly getting rid of people's fears, and through hypnosis and neurolinguistic programming, we're able to eliminate fears in minutes, within minutes, any fear, any phobia. And a big thing that I see all the time is that fear of failure and fear of what other people think. What other people will think of me if I mess up, (laughs) right? So I'd like to touch on that because you obviously acknowledge that there might be a failure, that there is some uncertainty there, but you take action anyway. Uh, Susan Jeffers, uh, she wrote a book titled Feel the Fear and Do It Anyway. Wonderful, wonderful book. And that's a really, really wonderful philosophy to take action from. If you have a fear, acknowledge it, accept it, label it, you know, say to yourself, Oh, I'm afraid of failing. Oh, I'm afraid of what people are going to think. You know, I'm feeling fear right now, but then forget it and take action. I think that's a really, really important thing to to do. And so do you have any thoughts on fears and how you've been able to overcome these fears, what you tell yourself to overcome these fears, any examples of that?
1: Yeah, yeah. I think that's actually a very really good question. I think first, uh, what I fear to me, again, people fear a lot of major mid- things and come by spiders, whatever the case may be, but it's <laughs> funny to me. But um, I think that people should, like you said, be be very honest about what that fear is. First and foremost, I, I don't like to be dishonest with myself. I'm not fearful of this. That no, I'm very real. I'm I'm scared of I'm scared of failure. <laughs> Point blank, period. There's nothing I can do about this, right? I mean, I can do what we does is hypnosis and linguistics and change that fear. But I like to I like to feel it, right? I like to understand what what I'm worried about and what I and what I don't think I, I'm okay with, because this I use part of that to fuel my do it anyway really mm. right I fear this oh shoot, I must be doing something right, or in the case of work or in the case of like professionally right or or sometimes I fear um losing a parent for some some people that's saying right, right that's something that you de- a genuine fear but at the end of the day, if you acknowledge it, describe it, and then you have to have to have to after you acknowledge it, don't don't even alone take it and accept it right rationalize what the worst case scenario would be and then accept that worst case scenario and then from there okay so the worst case can happen i can get fired from a job <laughs> okay i have a savings i got family i'm good if i get fired great so let me go do, let me do the job anyway let me go work hard anyway now with london the worst thing that could happen is i failed the university cool you know i'm not gonna die my parents are still alive i'm you know, gonna have a good time you know so um, I rationalize it and I give myself opportunity to understand that this isn't an end all be all situation. Right? I can overcome this, I can accomplish this. And this fear is, is there, it's potent and strong in my blood. I, I can use that energy, use that to, to to wake up in the morning and say, I'm afraid of failing in this, so I better get up at six AM and put in the work so that I don't do it, so I don't fail. And I don't want that thing to go away. I want that thing to be there because otherwise I'm not superman. I don't want to be careless, right? I want to be able to say, Josh, you're afraid of this. Be careful, be cautious here, right? And then play by ear and play smart, table wisdom and kindness and say, okay, this is not going to move.
0: It's a very, very interesting philosophy and it makes perfect sense. What you're doing is you're using fear as fuel. I've told people in the past, there are conscious things we can do to change how we feel and how we react to certain emotions. like I can tell people a million ways to remove anxiety, you know, without hypnosis. It's not as efficient, (laughs) you know, and not not as fast, but they work, right? And same goes with with fear and how we respond to fear. Yes, you know, we can hypnotize you and you never feel the fear again. And you still feel that motivation and, and that drive and everything. But, you know, what we can do consciously is use fear as a signal, right? Whenever you feel fear, that's your mind, or you can choose to look at it like this. That's your subconscious mind telling you, this is something I should do, right? Because I'm scared of it, I should do it. (laughs) Because we're usually scared of the things that we deeply want to run towards, we want to act on, right? We're never scared of the things we don't care about, Right. But you're scared of taking that leap because you know, part of you knows "Ah, if this works out, I'm going to be in the next level. Right. I'm going to be better. I'm going to be that person. And and part of it, it's not really fear of failure, it's fear of success. Right. It's fear of your life looking different because we're so used to things how they are now. We're, we're okay with the comfort of that, of the comfort zone. We want to. You want to stay there, but there is no growth there. It's a desert. <laughs> Just <laughs> cactus, you know, that's it. <laughs> you know, it's really interesting because for me, you can remember, right? For me uh, in high school, I was always performing. You know, that's it's always been my thing. And I've always felt that pre-show anxiety, that pre-show jitters, right? And there are many things that I do and I have learned throughout the years to help me with that. And this applies if you're a performer, this applies if you're a speaker. I don't care what you do. If you're talking to one person or a thousand, you need to learn how to manage your emotions so that you can show up and just flow, okay? So here's what I've learned. In singing and public speaking and doing mentalism shows, I've learned that the reason... While we feel that anxiety, there are a couple of reasons, but it may be because, one, you're afraid or anxious about this thing playing out how you picture it in your head. Maybe you're doing something new. Maybe you're doing something that no one's ever seen. Maybe you're giving a speech you've never given before. Maybe you're singing a song no one's ever heard, right? So you're a little concerned about how good you're going to do this. But most often than not, it's I'm afraid people won't like it. I'm afraid they will judge me and they won't like it. And that's an issue because that's coming from a very self-centered place. It's, I want them to like me. I want them to accept me. I want their approval and validation. That's where it's coming from, right? And so it's really difficult to consciously eliminate that because it's, embedded in us it's ingrained in us it's something fed to us by the media you know everywhere you look there's this frame that's fed to you of you need to get people's approval right facebook likes right comments shares everyone's like you need to get validation from the outside (laughs) it's it's an achievement so it's very difficult to do that to go against the grain right but What has helped me, two things. Number one, there again, are the things that I can control. I can control how much I rehearse. I can control how well I know my script. I can control how well I know the topic. Those things I can control. So I only worry now about the things that I can control. I can control my appearance. I can control the wardrobe. I can control the music. I can control the staging, the blocking of items on the stage. I can control all of that. But once the performance begins, I cannot control whether or not people will like it. I cannot control what their perception is going to be. And that's that dichotomy of control from stoicism has helped significantly because once you realize that, you can't change what people think of you. You can influence it, right? You can influence it, but you can't control it. You know, it is what it is. That has helped me a lot. Number two, it's visualizing the end goal. Before I go on, I visualize a successful performance. And to me, a successful performance is one where what I did is received by the audience openly, and they enjoy it, and they have a great time, and they take away whatever the message is that I'm sharing with them. That is a successful performance. So before I go on, I visualize a successful performance from beginning to end. And visualization works, okay? Because your subconscious mind does not know the difference between what's real and what's imagined. And when you go through it in your mind, as if it were a movie playing in your head, your brain processes that as, oh, they will like it. You know, In fact, it processes the whole thing as if you already did the performance. All right? It's been proven. Athletes, you know, speakers, if you rehearse in your mind what you're going to do, it changes how you show up in your actual performance. So that's a big thing too. I anticipate a great performance. I anticipate people will enjoy it. I anticipate a successful show. That's number two, right? And number three, this right here is gold. So do grab pen and paper, write this down. Before I go on, <laughs> before I go on, I look at the audience, doesn't matter if it's hundreds or 20, I look at them and I say in a whisper or in my head, I say while looking at them, I love you. I love you. I love you. And I'm doing this for you. It may sound a little crazy and kind of fluffy, (laughs) but here's why that's important. The fact is if you're speaking in front of an audience, if you're delivering a speech, if you're giving a performance, I don't care what industry you're in. If you're in front of an audience, you're there for them. They're not there for you. You're a servant. You're serving the audience. You're sharing your message. You're sharing something that will benefit them. And so you have to do that coming from a place of love, coming from a place of selflessness, a place of serving. That, for me, shifts the focus away from me. And now when I come out, I'm not worried about whether or not they'll like me. I'm worried about whether or not i'm efficiently and effectively doing my job wow. my job is to leave them with that message to elicit those emotions i want them to feel right whatever that is inspiration laughter whatever that's my job it's about them not about me and when you realize that Then you show up, they call your name and you come out on stage, center stage. Nothing else matters. It's all about the audience. And that's important because it's a really strange thing, bro. They feel it. You don't have to say it out loud, but the audience knows. What happens when someone comes on stage, say you're in the audience, someone comes on stage, a speaker, a performer, whatever, and you sense that fear of judgment, that fear of rejection. Yeah. You don't know how you know, but you know the person's worried about whether or not you like him. And that translates in your head to this person doesn't know what they're doing. They're insecure. and They don't have confidence. And therefore, I'm now receptive to whatever they're trying to give me. And so in centering those thoughts around ourselves, in thinking, "Ah, I hope they like me. I hope they accept me. And coming from that people-pleasing mentality... Instead of people serving, right? In this, in this case, that's something that builds a wall between the speaker or the performer and the audience. A wall that's really hard to break through. But when you show up fearless, right, and you've reframed your mindset. So this is not about you. You're not the star. Even though they think you're the star, even though they're praising you, even though your name is on a banner, you know, or neon lights, you show up. This is about them. They feel the love. They feel that they feel the vulnerability, the honesty, the authenticity, the humility. And because they feel that because you communicate it non-verbally, right? You subconsciously have that thing just coming out of your pores because you don't care about anything else, but serving them and doing your job, giving them a great time or delivering that important message that you have for them, save it's a speech they will be receptive they will receive you with open arms so that's a really important thing to keep in mind you know with fear of failing with fear of whatever is forget the self yes do things for you but stop worrying about what other people think of you and and whether or not they they like you or accept you or you know share your point of view or whatever almost all fear is irrational Almost all fear is irrational. We're only born with two fears, actually the fear of falling and the fear of loud noises. Every other fear is a fear that we have learned. And because it's learned, we can unlearn it, right? And we can do things consciously to reprogram our minds. And in those examples, like in performance or speaking, uh, we can tell ourselves those things to shift our focus, then not have a care in the world, you know? I could talk about that for ages. (laughs) it's it's important again you know things there's an element of uncertainty right you show up and you've prepared for all this and you don't know if something's going to to go wrong but when we fail we have to understand that those failures do not define us they strengthen us they make us better if we choose to reflect on them and that's that's a really important thing that I, i know you practice whenever you make a mistake whenever you do fail, whenever something goes wrong, you ask ask yourself, why? And what can I do next time to do it better, to do it well, right? That's a really important, really, really important thing. Um, Now, as we wrap this up coming to uh, two hours now, I want to ask you this. If you had a magic telephone, Okay, You can pick up this telephone and whatever you say into this microphone is heard by everyone in the world. They hear it in their head like a ghostly voice. (laughs) You pick up this magic telephone and whatever you say, everyone in the world can hear. You have a chance to tell people three things that you believe are going to benefit them and are going to help them be the best they can. (laughs) Right? Speak now or forever hold your peace. What are those three things you want people to take away and go live their lives with? What are those principles? What are those thoughts? Right off the bat, the first one would be
1: practice gratitude. Every chance that you can. Thank you for the pen, thank you for the door. opening the door for me, thank you for the support, thank you for this lecture, thank you for bringing me on. Like gratitude, gratitude, Bring such, a, such an amazing feeling if you're able to practice it every day. Uh, with that, obviously, comes mindfulness. right? So that's the kind of play with each other mindfulness gratitude. That's the first thing I probably say to people. Uh, second thing I probably also say to them is this too shall pass. The whole idea that nothing lasts forever, whether it's COVID 19 or uh, we are in a storm, it's not going to last forever. Be patient, be kind, be prepared for what, ne- what comes after that. Um, and gratitude, might, which is go handle mindfulness and this too shall pass. And then the last thing I probably tell people is prepare. Prepare. Prepare for what you think comes next. Prepare for your life. Show up, right? Show up for your life. Don't don't be reactive, be proactive. Enjoy that process and love that process because if you're able to plan and prepare and and, and whatever it comes to, that's for you then i promise you that you can do a much more fulfilled life amazing
0: Amazing. <laughs> so once again that's practice gratitude is number one number two this too shall pass so that whatever you're going through it will end and number three is prepare be prepared uh in the pursuit of your your goals um be prepared wonderful wonderful thoughts Uh, Thank you for that. That's fantastic. Uh, Now we talked about so, so much and I, I I want to thank you for coming on and see what I did there. Practicing gratitude. (laughs) I want to thank you for, for your time. You're a busy guy. Thank you for for coming on and and sharing your, your insights and your perspective on life. I truly hope that people act on these philosophies. Because I know that if someone applies these things, they will reap uh, the benefits, no doubt. Um, Now, you spoke with me earlier before this conversation about possibly writing a book. Can you share with us where people can follow you or contact you, stay up to date, when you do that or any other project that uh, people can read into uh, or watch or whatever it is that you have planned where can they reach you where can they find you or follow you
1: Currently, you can follow me at
0: J.J.U.L.O.A.
1: I also have an Instagram page called learn you live and grow I'll send that to you on a on a separate chat so you get that down for them but follow me on Instagram that's j.j. ULOA on Facebook as well. I'm preparing to open up a couple pages and, and start sharing those ideas with individuals. So thank you for that. Um, awesome. And before we, before we conclude, I just want to say thank you for having me on the show. I enjoy the conversation. I enjoy the, the the back and forth and the flexibility of the conversation as well. So I think that's very useful. And again, it's going to touch so many replies across the world. So for those of you who are listening, Lance is a very special person and understands a lot of these. Um, to characteristics or soft skills that we need to be successful. And I think he's a great guy for um, points and I know so so just getting to understand your fears and, and getting rid of them as well. Thank Thanks you for having me as well.
0: Thank you so much, man. I appreciate that. Uh, if you're listening now, uh, I thank you for staying along the ride with us, riding the wave of wisdom and <laughs> uh, philosophy. This is wonderful. I know for sure there's no doubt that if you're listening Uh, This far, you got a ton of value and you're already thinking of how you can use these principles in your everyday life. And because of that, because you have stood with us to the very end, I want you to reach out, go on to my website, LanceSinclair.com. That's L-A-N-C-E-S-I-N-C-L-A-I-R.com. Stay on the site for about 20 seconds or so and you will see a pop-up asking you to join my Facebook Messenger chat. This is where I notify my supporters of members-only discounts for hypnosis sessions and mind-reading shows. I send out a New Year's message every year. I sent a message about COVID-19 recently too, but I promise you I will not spam you. (laughs) Should you join, and please do, reach out with the words confidence session once again confidence session and i'm going to pick one of you at random to gift you a limitless confidence hypnosis session via video chat in around 45 minutes i will talk with you about confidence and discover your limiting beliefs i will then give you the confidence through hypnosis by reprogramming your subconscious mind so the worry about what people think of you is gone forever i'll do that for one lucky winner As a thank you for listening the whole way through and supporting what we do here, the rest of you will get a 50% off discount on a Confidence Session if you feel that's something you need. Joshua, once again, thank you so very much for coming on and sharing your thoughts with us and bouncing off ideas with me. Thanks to every one of you for listening in on our conversation. You'll have a wonderful day and we'll meet again in the next episode.